Welcome to the FinTalks, a chat with Finance Malta. Today we're here with Chris Buttigieg from the MFSA. Welcome, Chris. Can you please introduce yourself? Good morning, everyone. I'm Chris Buttigieg. I'm the uh, Chief Officer Supervision at the MFSA. I'm also the Chief Executive Officer um, uh, at Interim. So uh, last November I've been asked to take on this role and I'm, I'm still carrying out this role in addition to my role as Chief Officer Supervision. I'm also an academic, a senior lecturer within the Banking and Finance uh, Department of uh, the University of Malta, and I lecture uh, various courses on financial regulation and supervision. Very good, thank you. So the MFSA celebrates its 20th anniversary next year. Can you talk us through its origins, how it's evolved, and where you see it developing? So MFSA was established in 2002. It took on the uh, role of uh, banking supervisor from the Central Bank of Malta. It took on the role of uh, um, securities and markets supervisor from uh, the Malta Stock Exchange at the time and the Malta Financial Services Centre. It also took from the Financial Services Centre the role of supervisor of insurance. Um, supervision and regulation in Malta um, has developed over the past 40-45 years. Um, Central Bank of Malta had been the supervisor of banks in the 1970s until 2002. Uh, the Malta Stock Exchange was the supervisor of the securities and markets since um, 1992 until 2002. There was also a, uh, a period uh, where the MFSC was responsible for, uh, for the supervision of insurance and the local uh, investment services business. So we've got experience um, in supervision uh, for a number of years. The MFSA, um, when it took over in 2002, also took with it um, the, the persons who are experienced in, in these fields. And over the past 20 years, um, we've built on that experience. Um, we've also strengthened our structures. Um, the fact that we became members of the European Union in 2004 further strengthened our, our regulatory framework. Um, after the financial crisis, um, the European framework became a single rulebook, so um, we have adopted that single rulebook. We're also members of uh, the SSM, uh, which was established in 2014, and that further strengthened um, uh, the, the, the know-how and the knowledge in the field of, of banking supervision and supervision in general. So it's been, it's been a build-up over the years. Um, during the past two years, we have focused a lot on further strengthening um, what we do uh, through the strengthening of our resources, but not only the strengthening of our resources, also the strengthening of our structures. Um, the main focus was uh, financial crime compliance and uh, um, uh, the, 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 the changes in the governance structure, um, the changes in, in the way we carry out inspections, and uh, the focus of our inspections was very much um, strengthened in the area of financial crime compliance, um, which, which covers not only AML-CFT, it covers also areas like cybersecurity, areas like the supervision of virtual financial assets, um, and uh, I believe that uh, today um, we've reached a stage where the authority is much stronger than it was way back um, in 2002 when it was established. We still have a lot that needs to be done, um, but that's, that's being worked on and it's being planned for, for the coming years. Great. 
Very good. Thank you. And the authority has been on a mission to increase its effectiveness and its performance in the past years. What measures have been implemented in this regard and how has the MFSA strengthened its supervisory engagement in 2020 and, and where it's going in 2021? You mentioned that you have strengthened the way that you monitor firms and the way you evaluate. And can you talk us through some of the, the more practical elements of this? All right. Um, we've started working and um, we are now implementing a horizontal risk-based approach, meaning that it covers all um, the different sectors we're responsible for. Mm -hmm. um, all the operators are, uh, through this horizontal risk-based approach, are classified in, as either high, medium or low risk. Depending on their classification, we determine the extent of supervisory engagement. Um, in order to strengthen the supervisory engagement, as I mentioned before, um, we um, changed our governance structure. Um, we established new committees and we also established new functions. Um, one of the committees that was established, which I believe is, is one of the most important committees we have at the authority in order to uh, strengthen our work, is the um, regulatory committee but not only the regulatory committee, also the AML-CFT committee. The regulatory committee brings together all the heads of supervision um, to discuss authorizations, to discuss um, issues relating to supervision. The uh, AML-CFT committee monitors the progress that is being done within the authority uh, in the field of financial crime compliance and the projects and the work that um, are being carried out and the supervisory work that, are, uh, that is being carried out in this area. In terms of new functions, we established the financial crime compliance function and uh, we mandated with 23 uh, officials, subject matter experts in this area. We also established the VFA supervision function for the supervision of the virtual financial assets mm -hmm. space. Um, uh, the cybersecurity function, again, very important. Um, it focuses on the supervision of cybersecurity across all sectors, but in particular, um, there is a lot of focus which is being done in banking and in financial institutions, um, given the, the, the uh, strong reliance of these institutions on technology mm -hmm. and the potential impact of uh, cybercrime um, in, in these areas. Are there guidelines that yes. financial institutions need to abide by to, to make sure they're compliant and, and they are robust from a cybersecurity point of view? Yes, in 2000 and uh, last year in 2020, we uh, adopted the cybersecurity guidelines, which are horizontal, applying to all sectors. Mm -hmm. um, however, uh, they apply in a proportionate way, depending on the size, nature and complexity of the business of the operator. Okay. And the role of the cybersecurity function is um, to monitor compliance with these guidelines. These guidelines are based on um, ECB and uh, European Supervisory Authorities guidelines that have been issued um, uh, during, uh, during the years. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, we also participate in the, uh, the ESA forums uh, which focus on cybersecurity. Um, cybersecurity is an issue across the globe. Um, uh, there are concerns. The more we move to digital, the more this becomes an issue and this becomes a priority for financial supervisors. And uh, we participate in these, in these forums also not only to uh, 
learn from other other authorities, but also to pass on our experience to these authorities. In fact, the the uh, biggest advantage of forming part of these um, European committees um, that tackle various aspects of supervision is the fact that there's this mutual understanding, mutual learning, um, uh, continuous mutual understanding and mutual learning, uh, which takes place uh, through the discussions and the experiences that are shared during these committees. And these, these experiences normally um, are codified in best practices by um, European authorities, and uh, national competent authorities like the MFSA follow these, these European practices. Um, to continue on the, the reforms that we've done, um, uh, we've also established a data management function. Data management is becoming extremely important um, in today's world. Um, supervisors are moving um, uh, more towards data-driven supervision, whereby data is key in order to identify risks in the financial system and also to um, address those risks through specific and focused um, supervisory engagement. Mm -hmm. So we've established this function. We've also started a project on data management in order to centralize all the data, um, which, which supports our effort not only in the field of financial crime compliance, but also in the field of prudential supervision and conduct supervision. Okay. And um, uh, finally, um, I would say last but definitely not least, we're focusing a lot on uh, supervisory coordination. We still have um, um, uh, different functions that are responsible for different sectors mm -hmm. of prudential supervision. We have a separate conduct supervision function. Um, we also um, coordinate with uh, the FIAU, which is mm -hmm. um, the entity in Malta which is responsible for AML-CFT supervision. We also support the FIAU in their work. So um, it became uh, important, or we realized that it's, it's, it's very important more than ever before, given also the size of our sector and the extent of supervisory engagement that we're doing, that we've, we have a proper supervisory coordination team, yes. um, which was established last year. Um, the focus of the team is to um, uh, coordinate the, 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 the level of supervisory engagement by the different functions with entities that have more than one license. So, uh, okay. for example, if you, um, you are a, a banking group, and you've got a license in asset management, a license in, in insurance, in addition to your banking license, uh, the supervisory coordination team would see the extent to which we, we are engaging with that uh, particular entity and the frequency of our inspections. Mm -hmm. Same thing goes for, for asset management ma managers, investment firms, CSPs. So um, the, the main purpose is to try and understand um, uh, the level of supervisory engagement that is required with respect to a particular firm and ensure that this is properly coordinated between the different functions to minimize the impact on, on these firms. In addition to this team, um, we have also established two forums, two internal forums um, for supervisors to meet, the authorizations forum and the supervision forum. The authorizations forum, the main purpose is to ensure that in the field of authorization, we're properly coordinated and uh, that there's also proper follow-up and uh, that we ensure that, that there is a process in place 
um, to continue uh, um, achieving better efficiency in authorizations. Um, the industry has, on a number of occasions, and continue to bring to our attention that um, one of the success factors for the country is the authorization process and the efficiency in authorization process. Mm -hmm. So that is one of our top priorities. It has been a top priority, it continues to be a top priority, and we'll, we, we plan to further focus on this during this year and the coming years. And uh, so the purpose of this forum, uh, which is led by uh, um, uh, the deputy head responsible for authorizations and insurance, who has several years of experience in this area, um, uh, is that of ensuring that we continue progressing with respect to our roadmap for further efficiency in this field and mm -hmm. proper coordination in this field. Supervisory forum, again, um, is more of a forum where we discuss um, issues in relation to financial supervision with, where, where there is need for um, more mutual learning, internal mutual learning. Okay. And um, between the different functions and the experiences um, in financial supervision uh, that are being um, uh, encountered um, during their supervisory work. Again, that was established last year. So this is, in a nutshell, the, in, in terms of governance, how we've mm -hmm. strengthened governance in order to better achieve our mandate. We've also um, strengthened our human resources. So we've increased um, from way back in 2018, when we were around 300 members of staff, we're now 430 okay. uh, by the end of 2020, and we plan to be 450 by the end of um, 2021, which is a significant increase. Mm -hmm. Now, you will appreciate that financial supervisors don't grow on trees, so, um, <laughs> and they're not um, glorified accountants or lawyers. Um, you need very specialized uh, skill set, mm -hmm. um, analytical skills, investigative skills. Um, in addition, you need to be familiar with the, um, the European uh, framework for financial regulation and supervision. The single rule book is extensive, mm -hmm. so um, uh, the, the, apart from the, the primary acts that are adopted by Parliament and by Council in Europe, then there are the delegated acts and the technical standards which are being yeah. developed by the European supervisory authorities, but not, also, not only, also the guidelines that are being developed by these authorities, which we are expected to implement. Mm -hmm. Now, um, the, um, in order to train the staff on these different areas and make sure that they are um, better financial supervisors through this training, mm -hmm. we've established last year the Financial Supervisors Academy. Okay. It's a specialized academy on financial supervision, and uh, it focuses on um, training with respect to the European framework, mm -hmm. um, but also on certain skills that are required by staff um, mm -hmm. that are responsible for different areas of financial supervision. Okay. So, for example, um, this year, um, the Academy organized a number of uh, webinars on uh, different fields that are currently um, quite topical. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, the review of the market abuse regulation, um, where we invited a colleague from the European Securities and Markets Authority to give mm -hmm. us the benefit of uh, his experience and also to uh, outline um, the, the points raised by the European Securities and Markets Authority to the European Commission with respect to the, to the MAR review, the, the Market mm -hmm. Abuse Regulation Review. We orga also organized a session on cybersecurity mm 
a session on the MICA, the, the markets in uh, crypto assets mm -hmm. regulation, which is currently being discussed at the level of council and parliament, and other topics which are important um, that the, the, the financial supervisors at the MFSA should be aware mm -hmm. of. So does this academy help with their continued professional development yes. and help to make sure that their training and understanding and awareness and knowledge is, remains current? Yes, that's, that's one of the purposes of the academy. It also has the purpose of um, inviting other supervisors, financial supervisors from different jurisdictions um, to participate and uh, to also become familiar to what we're doing on the island mm -hmm. and also to invite other supervisors uh, from other jurisdictions to get the training. So the objectives are two. It's the, 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 the training of our staff, mm -hmm. but also to build stronger relations with uh, supervisors in different jurisdictions. Okay. Okay. Reputation um, uh, as a jurisdiction of choice for financial services is crucial. And uh, you build reputation by um, helping others understand what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very important, and, and I believe a lot in this, um, that we need to um, do more outreach with other regulators, not only through the formal setup of the European um, supervisory authorities and the committees of the European supervisory mm -hmm. authorities, but also through bilaterals and through um, the, the, the venues provided uh, by the Financial Supervisors Academy. Mm -hmm. It's an informal setup. Um, it helps people to meet, to, to speak, and the more they understand what we're doing, the more they will appreciate what, what Malta mm -hmm. is, is really all about in terms of regulation and supervision. Okay. As I mentioned before, we have over 40 years of experience in the area of regulation and supervision. We were one of the first countries um, across the globe to adopt the Banking Act, mm -hmm. uh, which regulate banks way back in the 1970s. Um, we were one of the first countries to establish a single regulator for, for uh, financial services. Way back in the beginning of 2000, um, it was sort of, there was a push for single regulation, and we were one of the countries to adopt that. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe um, we, can, we can continue being one of the first in different areas um, in, this, in this very specialized field. Okay. So it encourages dialogue and, and, and transparency, which everyone has been talking about for years, but I think through the past year has risen in importance. And how do you identify gaps? How do these, the, the, these structures that you've put in place help identify gaps in knowledge, in, in process? There's a, a continuous process of trying to understand where the weaknesses are and how those weaknesses uh, should be addressed. It's, it's very much a uh, bottom-up approach whereby mm -hmm. we, we listen and, and we and try to understand what the weaknesses are and then the executive committee decides um, on how to change the, the organization in order to make it better. Um, there are various um, processes in, in, that are currently uh, being undertaken um, and which are important also for the foundations of the authority. Um, processes, but not only processes, also projects. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I mentioned before data management and the importance of data management to become more a data-driven supervisor. Right. But we're also uh, working in order to implement a technology platform. 
um, it's a very important um, that uh, the authority updates its technology and uh, becomes um, more uh, technology-driven mm -hmm. in its processes. Because technology can help us be more efficient than in our, in our processes. Absolutely. So that's another major project which is um, currently uh, being undertaken at the authority. Another major project is we're also updating our records management framework. Okay. We're centralizing records management. Uh, in order to have more control and, and better standards with respect to the retention of, of our records. Um, and other, other uh, projects which um, are important both to, to strengthen the foundations um, on which the authority is built, but also to make the authority more efficient and effective as a financial supervisor. And we're not the only authority that um, is doing this. I mean, whenever we have bilaterals with other authorities, and at the moment we're having a series of bilaterals where we are explaining to our peers what we're doing, and they're giving us also um, a presentation on what they are doing. And this is being done to strengthen, as I mentioned before, our relations with other financial supervisors. They, are, they also have um, these programs in order to update um, their authorities and update their systems. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, that's a process where we are, um, th there is also this process of mutual learning, as I mentioned before, where we learn from them, they learn from us, and uh, therefore what we do is, is much better than mm -hmm. if we do it ourselves, isolated on our little island. Yes, exactly. Great. And talking about COVID, Malta weathered the, the pandemic well. However, I believe the impact of COVID remains a priority for the MFSA. Can you talk us through the, the reasoning behind this decision and, and how it's influenced your strategy? So COVID 2020 um, was very much about ensuring that uh, business continues so that we are, both MFSA continues to do the supervisory work that is necessary. And uh, we managed to do that thanks to the investment in technology that was done uh, between 2018 2019. Um, so we all could uh, work from home and uh, do our inspections virtually. Um, yes, there was a learning process because um, in order to be able to do uh, virtual inspections, we needed to set the process in place. Uh, we needed to see how to hold the interviews. Uh, we needed to see how to um, uh, get the transfer of the documents for review uh, through a secure portal. Um, there was this learning process, but it worked and it worked well. And uh, we've learned from that process. Uh, we've learned um, how to do our work more efficiently. And uh, that, that was, for me, at least an achievement for the MFSA. Um, in terms of the industry, again, um, there was um, a process of adapting. I think the, the industry has adapted well. And uh, our plans with respect to 2021, when we're saying that we're going to continue um, supervising the impact of COVID, is we need to understand now, um, for example, uh, what the impact is going to be on the banks, um, given uh, the, the moratoria, um, uh, mm -hmm. given the, the, that they continued supporting the economy. 
So all that uh, uh, is something that the authority is duty-bound to continue uh, monitoring and ensuring um, in order to uh, make sure that from a financial stability point of view um, uh, that there, there's no major impact. This is very much in line with the, what the ECB um, is doing and what the ECB is recommending that um, the, the national competent authorities um, should do at national level. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. And you mentioned a number of projects and, and committees and structures that you've set up. The past few years have been, you've been focusing on, on your internal governance and your internal transformation. What's next for the MFSA? What's next for the MFSA? Um, in, in my view, it should be, and, and this is something that we're discussing internally, internally um, stability, continuity and growth. So in terms of stability, um, uh, as a jurisdiction, we had a lot of turmoil over the, the past um, years. So the role of the MFSA is to ensure that we've got stability in the financial sector. And uh, that's what we've been doing and that's what we, we intend to continue doing. Um, uh, and. Uh, given a positive outcome uh, from an FATF point of view, uh, it, that will be something that um, will, will continue in terms of um, we will continue pushing for the high standards which, which we achieved um, also in a post-FATF environment because ultimately we're increased, we, we strengthen standards not for an FATF and Manival perspective. We did it because it was required, it was always planned and it had to be done. The the um, the effect, the Emmanuel and the FATF um, strengthened our our resolve in order to uh, further push what needed to be done. Um, so stability, continuity in terms of projects. So ensuring that uh, the projects that are important for the foundations of the MFSA to be strong um, will continue. So data management, uh, the technology strategy, the records management strategy. And continuity also, as I mentioned before, in terms of the, the level of supervisory engagement and ensuring that, that only the right type of operators get access to our jurisdiction. And in terms of growth, then strengthening the proposition of Malta as a uh, jurisdiction of choice for financial services. Um, we have been innovative along the years. We've developed our framework along the years. We continue developing our framework. Two years ago, we adopted the uh, Virtual Financial Assets Act, which um, was one of the first um, uh, frameworks for the regulation of crypto assets in Europe. And there was also a framework that I believe was um, used by the European Commission for the purpose of establishing its MECA framework, drafting its MECA framework. In fact, there are many similarities between the Virtual Financial Assets Act and the MECA. Okay. And uh, I think that needs to continue. And at the moment, we're working on an asset management strategy. We're working on a capital market strategy. We're also looking again at our fintech strategy in order to see how to develop and strengthen uh, the frameworks in the respective fields to make Malta more attractive as a jurisdiction in these different areas. Okay. Um, it is not our role to market the jurisdiction. That is the role of Finance Malta. Our role is to regulate 
and supervise. Mm -hmm. However, we do have a role to ensure that innovation continues. And um, together with the industry, we're having discussions in this regard in order to ensure that we can update our frameworks to make them more attractive for operators um, coming from different jurisdictions to set up shop here in Malta. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. And what do you think Malta's key differentiators are as a jurisdiction and how does, final, uh, how does the MFSA help support that development and that reputation and that appeal? I think one of the key success factors for Malta is that it has an educated um, uh, population in the field of financial services. There's a university which focuses a lot uh, on this area. There are specialized courses both in, in banking and finance department, in the law department, and uh, also in the technology department, which focus on financial services. Um, in addition, there's also now, um, we've invested a lot in infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, also a, a factor which will attract um, operators to the jurisdiction. And then um, uh, the, the regulatory framework and the supervisory framework. Um, it is of a high standard. Uh, we're pushing to make it of an even higher standard, and that um, uh, should continue attracting serious players to the island. Um, our intention is to uh, put Malta uh, more than ever before on the map for serious players, for, for uh, operators that are interested in operating in an environment where there is um, uh, a certain degree of supervision which takes place. Very good. Thank you very much, Chris Buttigieg. The FinTalks are available on the main podcast apps and on the Finance Malta YouTube channel. For more information, please visit www.financemalta/podcasts and follow Finance Malta on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Thank you.